us all the time. If you have your Bibles with me today, uh, turn to Romans chapter 10. Romans 10. We're, we're supposed to be in Habakkuk this morning, uh, but I'm going to take one more week off from Habakkuk because the, the sermon was going to be super long, and you didn't want me to preach 45 minutes after hearing some others speak this morning. So um, we're going to pick Habakkuk up next week, and we'll be in chapter 3, but I'm going to zero in on Romans, Romans chapter 10. And as you're turning there, I want to ask you a question. And this will be the title of the message, really my only point today, my only thing I'm going to ask you, is how will one know? How will one know? As a preface to the passage we're about to read, uh, we have to believe that the ones that we touch through the efforts this week were brought hope through our serving. Uh, we've, we have to understand that there was hope in people's life. Efforts throughout this county, people noticed. Families were touched. Lives were pointed to Jesus. Gospel conversations were had. But how will one know if we don't do what we have done this past week? How will one know if we, the church, doesn't get out there in our community? How will one know if missionaries are not sent from the church? It doesn't stop there, though. The love that we have shown others, the serving that you have done, this shouldn't have to be something that we put on the calendar once a year. It shouldn't be. It's like revival services. Like, you want to see revival? Don't put it on the calendar. Just pray for it to come. Same thing with serving. 80 local mission projects is the goal of the church, and we're knocking on the door to hit that goal this year. And so we, we've activated ourselves. We made it in our minds that this is who we're going to be. But what would it look like if every week was serve week in the church? What would it look like if everybody had the same passion that you experienced this past week every single week that we go by? And I know life gets difficult, it gets hard, it gets busy. Uh, there's no way that, that you could take it out of your, your time and, and serve five and six days a week for the next year. I get that. But what about your community? What about your workforce? Because what I saw this week was we put 700 invite cards in your hand last Sunday morning, and some of you gave out 101 week. That's a lot of invite cards. Some of you were putting them on elliptical machines in, in Planet Fitness. I saw them with my own eyes. <laughs> some of you were leaving them on tables in restaurants because I saw it with my own eyes. Some of you were pinning them up on Walmart's bulletin board because I saw it with my own eyes. Everywhere that I went in a mile radius of this church, I was seeing invite cards up. I went to get gas this week, and the pump that I stopped at had the invite card for Crosslight Church. Church, you did that. So why can't we do that every week? I, I want to be that pastor that has to reorder invite cards every single week. And Tracy, as she does our finances, has to see Vistaprint come across the transaction list every couple of weeks. Like, amen for that. A simple invite. Did you know that 82% of people will say yes if they're intentionally invited to church by you? 82%. The reason why people don't come, though, is because we're not passionate about it. And so I encourage you, keep the passion. Keep the fire. Um, I, I pray this week has challenged you in your walk. Uh, I, I pray that, that you've seen something that you've, 
never seen before. Some of you are here for the very first time, and maybe this week impacted you. Uh, I pray you've been able to grow through your actions. Maybe someone tried something new for the first time. Morgan, blessing my heart at Hendricks, just hearing her share about the church and share a little bit of information and say, here, we want to give you a gift card. And for her to be told no three or four times, but she would always go back up and do it again. That's a blessing. And it takes effort. Some of you were left to to speak to someone one-on-one for the very first time about your faith. If you you want to be challenged in your faith, go to the laundromat. Go to the laundromat, because you're going to have gospel conversations there. And sometimes you're going to be by yourself. I think Cindy was a little worried with me for the first 30 minutes or so because uh, I just start walking in and start talking, and I don't, I don't know if she's used to that. Um, but it's all about serving. It's all about loving on people, whether you gave out one invite or you gave out 100 invites, wh- whether you helped with one project or you were able to help with 10 projects, you made an impact on a life if you served this week. As I told you, we we project 1,600 families. Church, I've never been a part of that in my life. And I don't know about you, but the churches I've been a part of has never done something like that before. Amazing stuff. Only God can do that through a church like Cross Life. And He is worthy to be praised this morning. Romans chapter 10, I'm going to actually skip around a lot today, Um, going to make it quick. I want to read the top two verses in verse 1 and 2 though. This is what Romans says, Paul says these words, Brethren, my, my heart's desire in prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved, for I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to the knowledge. Paul says here, my desire in my prayer is for Israel to be saved. Church, is your heart and your desire for Rowan County to know Jesus Christ, for North Carolina to be saved, for this region to be saved, for our nation to be saved? In verse 2, Paul says they have a zeal for God. But honestly, this is where people go astray. When we have the zeal, many, many people can have a burning passion but have no knowledge of where that passion comes from. Even though Paul knows Israel needs the gospel, he says something positive about them. Even though he knew they were lost, Paul finds something good to say. And the the incredible thing here is that these are the same people that persecuted Paul, the ones that wanted him dead, And Paul says, well, at least they had zeal about it. At least they had a passion about something. Church, what are you passionate about? Did you know you can find Christ in your passion? If your passion is sports like mine, did you know there are ways to serve in the sports world? One of those ways that I did was uh, really challenge myself to coach a baseball team that didn't know how to play baseball. Um, We struggled. But you know what? We had a passion about us. And there was passion in my heart because, one, I love the game of baseball, and two, I love kids. I love kids. I love students. If you're in our our youth ministry, uh, I'm planning to be at your bonfire Tuesday night just to hang out with you. I don't ever get to. 
So I want to do that. I, I want to get to know you. I want to I want to get to serve alongside of you and to, and to hear your stories and to love on you and to give you a hope that we can have a zeal for the passions that we experience. So what is your passion today? Some of you discovered some passions this week. Some of you discovered passions that you never knew you had, that you never really knew you could do, that that you never knew you could speak about Jesus in the way that you spoke about him. You never knew you could share Christ with somebody. You never knew that you could pray with somebody. And the only way that we do that is if we discover the passion by getting out there and serving. Maybe, maybe you hate sports, but you're good at buying drinks for the kids after the games. You know, we, we served three baseball and softball teams. Well, four total in two weeks. Three this week. And it's because of you. It's because of our passions. It's incredible when we have passions for the things that we don't know have been discovered. Look at verses 14 through 17. I'm going to skip down, Melissa. Okay, 14 through 17. What shall we say then? Oh, I'm in the wrong part. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Am I still in the wrong? I'm still in the wrong spot. How then shall one, <laughs> sorry, how shall they call on him in whom they shall have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet who those who preach the gospel of peace, who brings glad tidings of good things, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I want to zero in on that. And Melissa, now you know why I don't skip around because I can't ever find my place. Um, I was at the state convention in Greensboro this week and um, just an awesome time of worship, probably, pro probably the most powerful worship experience I've ever uh, been a part of with a bunch of pastors. And uh, God put this passage on my heart earlier in the week. And it's like every time a, a, a preacher preached at the convention, this is the passage that he preached from. And it's like every, every time I turned around, I was hearing the same passage that he had put on my heart. And at that point, God had my attention. And hear my heart this morning. God did not call my family to Salisbury, North Carolina for things to stop at 205 Newsom Road. That's not what he called us to do. And, and Tiff had to go back over with the kids, but, but she would nod her head yes. Like we, we knew what the call was. And I, I believe a great work is still to come. And, and, and Romans doesn't say how will they hear if we can create more programs for the church. It doesn't say, how, how can they hear if we have more events for the church? Paul says, how can one believe in him if they had not heard and they did not know? How can they hear without a preacher? How can they hear if they don't have a teacher? How can they hear if they don't have somebody to serve? How can they hear if they don't have a Sunday school teacher or a children's minister or somebody to love on those children and those youth? How will they hear, church, if we don't activate ourselves to be used by Him? I, I want to encourage you this week to not live as 
a member of some church or, or an attender of a church, but as a person who is being sent to proclaim Christ. And the only way that we can do that is give up of ourselves to serve Him. To know that it is in our heart and it is in our bloodstream for Christ to run through us and in us. How can we proclaim the word if we have nobody to do that? I I love what he does in in verse 9. Paul says, if they confess with their mouth and believe on the Lord Jesus, they will be saved. He continues in verse 13 and he says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Can I ask you a personal question this morning? Have you been saved? Do you know Jesus Christ? Is He in you? Does He live within you? Because the only way that we can serve Him is if He lives inside of us. Maybe you're saying, well, I've walked the aisle before. I've said the prayer before. I'm asking you, do you really believe that there is no other way? That there is no other name but Jesus? Have Have you fell down to your knees knowing it was nothing but God's call for you to know and receive His ultimate grace? If I can say anything to you today, is that I know that when our feet hit the ground in Rowan County, that God gave me the feet of the gospel. I have never felt more power in my shoes than ever before after this week. It's like one thing after another. I'd walk somewhere and God would point somebody out. I'd be in Walmart somewhere and be in the toy section with Riley and God would point somebody out for me to go talk to. The only way we can do that is if we carve our minds and say, I'm going to live for Jesus every moment, every second of my day and know that I'm never too busy to have the gospel conversation. Church, I never want to get too busy Where somebody comes to me and says, I need to talk to you, Pastor. And I say, well, I've got things I need to do. We'll talk later. I'll call you. Don't ever say, I'll pray for you, and then don't pray. Pray for them right there. In Dollar Tree this week, in Dollar Tree this week, I was able to pray with a young man. A guy that I had never met before. And it was because I was readily available. Church, as long as we're readily available to be used by Him, He will use us. But if we just go through the motions of our life, and we walk from place to place, and we just say, i got things I need to do, I've got to be home, we're not going to get used in the way He wants to use us. So I encourage you, church, let your shoes do the work. I, I was told when I became a church planter, I should be changing my shoes out every two or three months. Because I'm burning the shoe leather. Proud to say I got enough shoes so I don't have to worry about that. Seriously. Serve week was just a glimpse, I believe, of what is to come. As a church today, I'm calling on you. And I am encouraging you to live with the anticipation of being sent out. That's what Paul says anticipate being sent out what is the calling that God is placing on your life 
the only way to plant more churches is to raise up more preachers and teachers. The only way to plant more churches is to have people that with a heart to serve. Church, I want it to be a problem that we have so many people that want to serve that we don't have enough spots for them. I want that to happen. We'll create spots. I'm already thinking about next year. That, that 40 project may be, a, uh, may be something we have to do. Church continues to grow. We're going to need more projects to put people in there. So we, everybody has a chance to serve. I'm proud today to say 90% of our church family, our church body served this week in, in some capacity. Church, you don't, you don't get those kind of results very often. Usually, it's, what is it, five or six doing 80% of the work of the church? We, we have absolutely killed that statistic. And it's because of you and your willing hearts to do as Jesus called you to do. We need to have an expectation to be a sending station here at Cross Life Church. The measures of a church should not be what your attendance looks like on a Sunday morning, although that's what people look at. It should be a measure by how many are sent out to do the gospel work. I'm proud today that we have about half of what's in here in our kids' area today. Being leaders, being servers, because they want to do that. Statistics in Rowan County right now says 70%, and this is new, this is, uh, we've actually lost ground over the last three years. More people are, are, are lost now than they were when I got here. Over 70% of the population here in Rowan County does not know Jesus. 73% to be exact. With 144,000 people in this county, according to 2020 census, that statistic says 99,000 people do not know Jesus Christ personally. We witnessed some of that this week. Just about everywhere we went, we witnessed that. And if you don't believe the statistic, go be the hands and feet of Christ and go look at it and see how many will turn away and not accept the $5 gift card or won't accept you to pay for their laundry church. It was like $10 to, to dry somebody's laundry. I'll take the $10, okay? But people don't want it. They don't want to hear it. And so they just say no. Just in my neighborhood this week, I witnessed one telling me no. And I was reminded that sometimes, just because someone says I go to church, doesn't mean they're believers. We are known by our fruit, not by having a name on a church roster. So I want to pray for the county today. I want, I want to pray that people will know. And maybe today you, you come and, and, and there's not much hope in your life. I, I want to be the one that gives you hope. I, I, want to, I want to put those words in your heart to know that Jesus loves you, that he cares about you. And that you are never too far gone for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm a product of that. Somebody that was way down in 2012. Somebody that had lost all hope for ministry that had been done wrong. Then the only one that believed it was God. He's the only one in my, par in my parents the only ones that, that really had faith in me to keep going. I lost everything that I had in 2012. Everything. 
except my mom and dad, who is praying for me every night, that I would not give up, that I would not give up my shoes for the gospel. And in 2013, God opened the door for me to go back into ministry. And church, I embraced it. After going through a, a really bad relationship, I could have cared less about a relationship other than Jesus at that point. And God puts Tiffany in my life. And I'm proud to say that ever since she came into my life, I've done nothing but serve Him, love Him, and love my family, and love what God did in my life. But I tell you, it wouldn't have happened without Christ. And we can try to do life today on our own as much as we can. And it may go good for a little while. You may have a good few days. But eventually you're going to be stopped in your tracks. Or you're going to be so lost that there's no coming back. So church, I'm asking you, if that's you today, know there's hope for you. Know that Jesus loves you. Know that Cross Life Church would give its shirt off its back for you. And it doesn't matter who you are, where you came from, who you know. It's just who we are. We love you. If you need Jesus today, I'm going to ask Benny if he'll come forward and he's going to actually be down front for the invitation. Get the worship team to come on forward. We're going to sing a song, I Need Thee Every Hour. I need thee every hour. If you if you need prayer today, Benny's going to be here for you. If you need to come use the altar, please come use it. If you need to speak to me after the service, please, please do that. But Benny is more than qualified to talk to you today and to lead you if you need to be led. Let's pray together. Lord, we, we thank you. Thank you for giving us the feet of the gospel this week. Lord, how will one know if we don't go do it? How will one know, Lord, if we don't raise leaders and we don't raise teachers and we don't raise preachers? God, how will Cross Life Church continue to be the beacon of light if we don't activate ourselves? Lord, I thank you for the church this week. Thank you for the lives that were touched. God, it's all because of you, and it's all your glory. Lord, we give you that glory today. Lord, I pray right now that if there is somebody here in this sanctuary that has never given their life to you, they've never trusted in you before, that today would be a day that they make that decision. Lord, that they will not leave this place until they get right with you. Lord, have your will, have your way. In Jesus' name.